0: This morning, in his instructions after the guided meditation, Alexis talked about Sayadaw's three yogi jobs, <coughs> and I like this. He said in the past that uh, students have come up to him and said, "But what am I supposed to do?" <laughs> and so he came up with the three yogi jobs. Is you know, this is what you do here. You know, cultivate right view. Um, basically be mindful, rec- and, and I like to look at this one, this is kind of the topic of the talk, it's like, get familiar with mindfulness, recognize mindfulness, and then the third, um, cultivate that persistence, um, the gentle uh, continuity, cultivating that continuity of mindfulness. And so today I'd like to talk about that second yogi job, um, mindfulness itself, And uh, to begin to explore this factor of mind, to take an interest in mindfulness itself. And actually one of the best ways, I think, to take an interest in mindfulness itself and to begin to get familiar with this factor is to uh, explore what we sometimes call the wandering mind, but... What I like to say is really, let's explore the coming and going of mindfulness, the arising and passing of mindfulness. This investigation or this exploration of mindfulness itself Um, we're often I think we often are attached to the doing of mindfulness. It's it's something we feel that um well that's what that's what the practice is about, right? So we, we get identified and attached with this doing of it. And uh, it's it, it become you know, we, we can almost identified with being the one who does mindfulness. And this investigation around Mindfulness itself and the, the fact that it is something that it's a factor of mind it's a it's an aspect of mind that is present sometimes it's not present sometimes, and it helps to uh, helps to shake up that identification when we explore it as a phenomenon and recognize it has conditions for its arising, it has conditions for its passing away, just like every other factor of mind. Well, there's a lot to learn about our minds as we explore this. Um, we, um, I think, one of the biggest things we learn about is basically the, our our habits of mind, the the conditioned uh, patterns, the conditioned um, ways that our mindfulness gets lost. That, that mindfulness becomes weak the conditioned ways that mindfulness becomes weak and, and goes away so we get familiar with the 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 conditioned ways or the um, I'm after this word I'm trying to fi- find and it's not coming to me um, the pat the patterned ways let's say the the familiar ways that um we tend to lose mindfulness. Mindfulness tends to become lost. We also begin to recognize through this, you know, it's like just how out of control the mind is. You know, it's a great uh, teaching, just that exploration of, We sit down to meditate, cultivate mindfulness. We identify with that, like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to sit down and do this. I'm going to be mindful. And lo and behold, mindfulness disappears, the mind wanders. That's what we call it. The mind wanders. The mind gets, goes, goes away into thought or something. But mindfulness disappears. We, we sit down. We think, I'm going to do this. And mindfulness disappears. Who did that? Who disappeared the mindfulness? If you had the choice, it wouldn't have gone. So this is evidence. This is evidence for not-self, <laughs> evidence for the fact that our minds are not in control, evidence for this uh, this teaching of not-self. You know, there's a lot of, there's actually a lot of evidence for not-self, a lot of evidence for that truth that there isn't an I here who's in charge, in control, doing things, but we don't actually pick up on it because we are seeing things from the perspective of I or self. And so the evidence for not self doesn't land. So here's one. Here's one bit of evidence. We don't have control uh, over the, uh, the disappearance of mindfulness most of, much of the time. And even more amazing the mind is lost in thought and mindfulness reappears we wake up into the wandering thought mindfulness rearises who did that again when the mind when the mindfulness is lost that way it's it's, it's like the, the furthest thing from being able to say, oh, mindfulness reappear now. It happens on its own. It happens because conditions come together to um, have the, that factor of mind reappear, re More evidence for not-self. So there's a lot that we can learn about this. Um, I will probably be using the words mindfulness and awareness in this talk, both. I'll be using them synonymously, so just to to put that out there. So there's a couple areas I'd like to explore. The first being um, just recognizing this, uh, maybe what we could call the experience of mindfulness, although it's not one experience but uh, getting familiar with what it's like when mindfulness is present. This is one of the first ways we can begin to explore this factor of mindfulness itself. I've talked about this a little bit already, but um, I'll just kind of review a little bit this, this aspect of the exploration. So I think we've talked in the hall about um, what we could call prompted and unprompted mindfulness. A prompted mindfulness is usually what we think of when we, we think about practicing mindfulness. When, um, when we're aware, when, when we're mindful, we remind ourselves to be mindful. This is prompting mindfulness. We just remind ourselves, and now, and now, and now, Am I aware, aware, aware? You know, just that gentle reminding is prompting the mindfulness. It supports the mindfulness to be, to, for us to remind ourselves. As, uh, as Sayadaw, that first instruction Sayadaw gave to me, the only work we give our minds is to remind ourselves to be aware. So this is prompting mindfulness. And that's how we usually think about cultivating mindfulness. This other side of of, um, this exploration, this unprompted mindfulness, that's that spontaneous re-arising of mindfulness that I just talked about. When it arises because conditions come together, it's been lost, it's not been present, it's been weak, it's been it vanished, mindfulness vanished. And it rearises. It spontaneously rearises without our consciously making effort to have it reappear. This this moment of mindfulness, we're all familiar with this moment. The mind in, in our conventional way of thinking about this, the mind has wandered, the mind has gotten lost in thought. Those are typically ways we talk about it. The mind has gotten lost in thought. And we wake up. We remember. And in that moment, often our relationship to that moment is some kind of judgment or some kind of, especially if we're meditating, it's like, oh, I'm a bad meditator, or I should know better, or I should be able to keep my mind present for longer, or something like that. So we often have a kind of a judgmental overlay in that moment when mindfulness returns, when that unprompted mindfulness arises. And... Even if we don 't have that judgmental overlay, often what we do, especially like in daily life, for instance, what we do in that moment when we become mindful of something, is we do something with what we 've become mindful of. you know we see something we 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 wake up and uh, we 're walking down the street and we um you know what wakes us up is a is a bird that flies across our path and suddenly we're aware and knowing that we're seeing this bird and often what happens in that moment is not that we become aware i've become mindful we start thinking about what we become aware of oh there's a bird what kind of bird is it where did it go so we start thinking about or or doing something with the thing we have become aware of so those those are two very frequent relationships with that moment of remembering that moment of unprompted mindfulness arising when we can start to get curious about that experience and i talked about this the other day the the distinction there's like a there's like a um, in the moment when unprompted mindfulness arises, there's like a lingering sense of what it was like a few moments, a, a few moments ago, to not be aware. And we can, in that moment, because of that contrast, get a sense of what it is to be aware. What is that experience of mindfulness? Because of that contrast, the the quality of the mind awake versus not awake becomes kind of more prominent, kind of highlighted in that moment. And so if we're not either jumping on the object trying to do something with it or judging ourselves for having been lost in thought, we can actually be interested in what does it feel like to wake up? I... um started doing this exploration actually at one point on a three-month course and it was so much fun it was so interesting and it's kind of like wow what's the soonest I can actually know that I'm aware as soon after the mind has returned into awareness it's kind of like a world is being created a world is being known in that moment it's like the beginning of a universe <laughs> or something's like So, one of the benefits to recognizing this moment, getting familiar with that experience of unprompted mindfulness arises. arising, one of the benefits of that is that it happens a lot. It happens a lot, way more than we think it happens. As I said a minute ago, what usually happens when that awareness returns, when that unprompted mindfulness returns, we, it's like we don't really become aware that we are aware. We become aware of something and then go down the trail following that. So we lose, we lose the awareness. We lose it. And so we don't even know that that moment of awareness has returned. Because immediately we're off and thinking about something else, or you know, we see our minds do this. It jumps from thing to thing to thing. So, this um, familiarizing ourselves, getting familiar with the experience of the re-arising of mindfulness, the experience of mindfulness coming up, begins to um, kind of it kind of um, sensitizes us to it, makes us familiar with it, gives us. Um, the taste of it, and getting that familiarity with it, it's like like it begins to point itself out to us as it happens. And we do start to see just how often it happens. This is a great, um, it's it's a fun practice, I think. I, I think pretty much exploring the mind is is a scream. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> so you know, it's it's fun to see this the the, the mindfulness returning and to, to watch just like wow, you know, you're walking down the streets like oh there it is again and then oh there it is again and there it is again wow oh my gosh it's like it's 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 like coming along way more than we than we think. So it begins to um, pull a, a, a little bit of a thread of mindfulness through so much more of our day, becoming familiar with it. And not only that, the other great thing about it is it is completely effortless. It doesn't take any personal effort whatsoever to have mindfulness re-arise, because we're not doing it. It's just happening. So it gives us a taste not only of the flavor of awareness of what it is to be aware but also of how it's possible to be aware without doing it, without making the effort to be aware. So we explore that feeling, that waking up into mindfulness, that waking up into. Awareness and getting familiar with, that's one way to start to get familiar with this quality of awareness itself, of mindfulness itself. It's also possible in another exploration we are, I've been, we've been encouraging you to make here is that uh, exploration of what is awareness, what is the experience of awareness when we are already aware? That question, am I aware or aware is pointing to that experience. We know that we're aware. You know, it's like when we ask that question, we know that we're aware. Right now, do you know that you're aware? Some, in some way or form, we do know that we're aware, but we may not really be clear about how we know we're aware or what the actual experience of awareness is. But just that checking in, that regular checking in, am I aware? It's not just about like the prompting. It's also about the exploration of awareness. What is awareness? What is the experience of awareness? Am I aware? How do I know I'm aware? So we can make that exploration while we are already aware. I would keep that exploration really simple. I mean, another thing, I think I said the other morning, you know, it's like, it's so hard not to get up here and and talk in the way of, you can try this, you can look for that, you can do this. We have that language, you know, we speak that way. But I'll just remind you again, this isn't something to do. You know, it's not something to do. This is information, you might be able to see this. It's a kind of a, more of a description of what you might be able to notice. So in this exploring or, you know, noticing awareness, the possibility of noticing awareness when we are already aware, you know, don't look too hard for it. Don't try to find it. It's It's so, it's kind of like the air we breathe. It's, it's it's actually kind of very familiar. It's so familiar we can't put our finger on it. And so, you know, don't really try to put your finger on it. It's more like getting the, the whiff of the experience of awareness. The more whiffs we get, the more we... Have a sense of that experience another exploration around mindfulness that um, I've found to have be a great uh, deepening of the practice, a great uh, support for continuity, paradoxically it sounds perhaps when I say it, to begin to get familiar with that we can begin to recognize or we can know where and how we lose mindfulness. Mindfulness. You know, curiosity about this, about about where does mindfulness get get lost? How does mindfulness get lost? This isn't intended to be a judgment about our minds or a judgment about uh, you know a, a, something to beat ourselves up with, but more as a way to help us learn about our minds. We all have habitual ways that our minds tend to get lost. And so rather than being frustrated about that and like trying to drag the mind around and say, be, you know, you know, sit here, do this, be curious about what is it that tends to catch the mind? Where does it get lost? This, this very exploration of where mindfulness gets lost, when we start to recognize the habitual ways that mindfulness gets lost we can use that information to help us explore that terrain so i'll give i'll give some examples some different ways we lose awareness and 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 just talk a little bit about that so you know one one thing we can explore or kind of just get curious about or see if this is up for us is do we lose awareness in particular activities when we're in our yogi jobs when we go to our rooms, um, when we take a walk, outside versus inside, or um, when we go to the bathroom, where where do we tend to lose awareness? It's not about, it's not like we're trying to... Um, It's not like we want to like stop the activity. We might think that like, wow, you notice you go to your room uh, a lot and the mindfulness gets lost while you, when you go to your room, or you might notice that your mindfulness gets lost when you're standing in the dining hall line, something like that. So you might think, well, what I need to do then is not go to my room during the day, or you might think, Well, maybe what I need to do is to wait until the line goes. I'll sit in the meditation hall for an extra 10 minutes so that I don't have to stand in line. And that will, that, I mean, those are things you could do. But another thing is in like recognizing, beginning to see, oh, look, I lose awareness when I'm standing in the line in the dining hall. Get curious about that. So you're standing in line. You you know, when does it happen that you get lost? You know, you might, and, and usually you recognize that, After the fact, right? Often we'll recognize that after the fact, like, you know, so you get up from, from the sitting and you're going to the lunch line. It's like, yep, I'm aware now. Okay. And it's like, you're standing in the lunch line, you know, so you you know, okay, yep, I'm aware now, you know, you so you're, you're kind of in that, that place. And it's like, there you are. And then, and then, you know, at some point in the standing in the lunch line, it's gone. And You're sitting at the table with your food. Oh, I lost it. And because you're kind of curious, having remembered, like, oh, I get lost in the lunch line, you remember back to, you know, you would would recognize that, "Ah, I remember, I do remember that I was walking to the, I remember I was mindful walking down. I remember I was mindful in the line. And it's like the last thing that I remember there is when I walked into the dining hall and saw the food on the table. Yep. This may give you some further information. It's like, okay, so it's not just the lunch line. The next time you get in line, it can be like, wow, okay, I lose awareness as soon as I walk into the dining hall. Let's see. So you're in the line. Then you you see the food table. It's like, let's see what happens there the next day. Just using the information that you discover through this exploration to help you investigate further. Just to investigate further. You know, this sounds like... This, This, you know, it's... It, it's probably not going to, like, reveal some deep, dark, you know, uh, pain from childhood or something that, you know, you get lost when you go into the dining room, but... This exploration may help you just sustain the continuity of mindfulness. I remember uh, on one retreat, many of you have heard this story. I, I noticed, I kept noticing that I was mindless. What I what I would notice is that I would wake up in the bathroom, staring at myself in the mirror, and there's like a whole chunk of stuff that was like gone there. And so I started getting curious about this, like okay,' something about being in the bathroom and and like you know doing stuff there it's like my my attention, my awareness gets lost. so I started getting curious about that and and what I discovered is that I was actually pretty present in the in the in the bathroom and going to the bathroom and and then I was actually pretty present when I was washing my hands, and then suddenly I would notice myself staring at my face in the in the mirror again there's like this little hole in my in my Uh, experience. And so I got curious about that, you know, and again, it wasn't like some deep, dark thing. It was really actually like a habit to look at myself in the mirror while I was washing my hands. And it was simply a, uh, you know, it was a kind of a habit that the mind just missed. So we can get curious about specific activities, places, recognizing where we tend to lose awareness and get curious about them. Explore it. It's like when we know where we're, our minds get lost, we can add a little bit of interest or curiosity to that activity. That interest itself will spur the mindfulness. Uh, the mindfulness. We can also lose awareness in states of body, um, pain or pleasure, either one. You know, the uh, physical pain or, uh, you know, states of rapture in uh, in uh, concentration. You know, kind of just when things get really pleasant, it's like we just, we lose awareness. It's just like we sink into it. It's not that there's a lot of thinking going on, but there's also not a lot of awareness. You know, pain is a is a particularly um challenging experience and um one thing I've looked at you know, there's a couple different um explorations. I'll I'll give you one example. It came up in a group, so it's kind of in my mind, fresh in my mind. Um an exploration around uh my mind, you know, I was paying attention to pain, you know, there was attention to pain. And then I would notice that, that the mind was lost and it, that the awareness had, you know, basically I woke up into singing. So the awareness had gotten lost and I woke up and the mind was singing a song. So, you know, it's like the mind, I, the mind had used that kind of as an, es- an escape strategy there's pain in the body and it is, had escaped through singing a song in the mind. And uh, I got curious about that. Again, not, not to try to drag my mind and force it to stay with the pain. I got curious about this process of watching how the mind managed pain by going into singing so, you know, just observing this. What I noticed, the mo- one of the most interesting things I noticed was when I woke up into the singing, like there'd been this, this um, before I was singing, the last thing I remembered before I was singing, it felt like the attention was like riveted to the pain. Like it was just stuck, glued to the pain. And then suddenly I'm waking up and the mind is la-di-da. It's singing on something, you know, it's singing a song. And the attention is not riveted to the pain. And in that moment of waking up, the awareness rearising and the attention seeing that the attention wasn't riveted to the pain, that there there was the understanding and the, the recognition that wow, when the attention isn't riveted to the pain in that way, there's not as much of a of an experience of the pain, that the riveting actually had you know, increased the experience, the unpleasantness of the experience. And so there was the recognition, actually, it's like this, there was a clear recognition that that was a strategy. The mind understood at some level, some bit of wisdom, not that singing is the most wise strategy, but there was some bit of wisdom that riveted to pain is not a helpful strategy. And the mind had a wiser approach which was let go of that riveting. But the only way the mind kind of found its way to that letting go to that riveting was to give itself something else to do, which in this case was singing a song. Fantasy is another way this happens. You know, we go into fantasy, uh, you know, planning our our vacations or whatever. The mind will let go of something painful by picking up on something else. And so, you know, what I noticed in that waking up, is like, okay, the mind is not riveted to the pain in that moment. And then for, so for a few moments aware, there was the pain and the mind being non-reactive to that pain. And then I could watch that the attention just go, get sucked right back to the pain. So I could see that process of the attention getting drawn to the pain and the, um, you know, the way that, uh, that um, grip came back. So I kind of got interested in watching that, you know, just letting my mind go ahead and do its strategy you know, there it is. Its gripped to the pain. It's like, okay, you know, I'm not going to like try to stay there when like explore the grip. It's like I'm just going to, you know, okay, aware, aware, and like, ooh, the mind will go off into song again. And there it was, singing away. It's like, okay, back. Oh, no grip. Oh, there's the grip again. I just watched that process happen over and over again. The I let the the mindfulness do its thing. It's like I let. It was it was it was letting the mindfulness disappear in order to watch it reappear in a different form it, it reappeared without that grip and then there was something that could be learned from seeing how that grip rearose doing that so, it was during one particular sitting and during that space of that sitting the mind learned how to be that with that pain without the grip without singing and being completely mindful and present for it. It didn't actually take that long just by allowing, you know, kind of exploring that strategy, exploring that strategy of mind. So this was this was an investigation, you know, kind of describing how my mind investigated this. And it wasn't like, I'm going to figure it out, I'm going to pull it apart. It was just, what happens? What's happening in the mind? Moment after moment, what's happening in the mind? Watching it unfold. And the learning was very organic, and and it just it, the learning grew very naturally. We also might lose awareness in states of mind. This is probably one of the most common ways we get lost. You know, um, what are, what are your favorite? Exit doorways for mindfulness, you know. Boredom. Depression. Confusion. Maybe greed, aversion. Flavors of greed or aversion. Maybe when experience gets really ordinary. Patterns of particular patterns of like planning or remembering what are your uh you know we get to know the favorite exit strategies for mindfulness by kind of recognizing what we wake up into you know what is the mind state we wake up into often the mind state we wake up into is kind of a clue to the uh the uh the the doorway that it got lost from so um the curiosity when we wake up what's what's the mind state you know what what is it? what's obvious you know you you recognize that awareness re-arising and what's obvious in that moment and that uh awareness um the first thing, I mean, first, it, it's like it, it begins to, again, it begins to kind of sensitize you to um, that state of mind, you know, familiarize you with that state of mind. You know, you may over and over again, you know, with, uh, this happens over time, right? I mean, we, we um, over and over again, we see what, what do we wake up into? And we begin to get the themes. We see the themes, you know, of what. What are the ways that our minds get lost? Or the other way we also recognize this is, you know, in the moment of waking up, you know, often because we we are practicing mindfulness, we may also remember the thing that we were with or exploring. The last thing we remember exploring before the mindfulness got lost—that's another clue as to places we tend to get lost. And so beginning to recognize those, again, it's like curiosity. It's not so much trying like, okay, you recognize that boredom is a, is a doorway out. You see over and over again that when you're paying attention to boredom, over and over again, you find yourself gone or in something else or you find yourself waking up into that state. So when boredom is present, not with the idea of oh boredom. This is my doorway out. I've got to double down and be present for boredom. But oh, boredom's here. Let's see if I can see how it, how the mind gets lost here. Let's see if I can see where it starts to lose touch with the experience itself. So this is um, this is a, a, an exploration here. Is kind of like we uh, may start to become familiar in a way with what it's like to be aware of something, like you're aware of a state of boredom. And then we might start to recognize there's a place in there. It's, it's often not that there's, there's mindfulness, 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 stay really strong, really strong, and suddenly, poop, mindfulness is gone. Usually it's, there's mindfulness, there's, you're aware, and then it's like there's a little less mindfulness, and a little less mindfulness, so it's 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 like we can start to get familiar with that more or less mindful place and be curious about what's happening in that. You know, in that exploration, we might be curious about you know, it's, it, it could be that oh, you know, oh, the mindfulness is getting weaker. So I think we, I think many people, you, you, you know, you probably have a sense of that when you're aware, when you're paying attention to something, when the mindfulness starts to kind of get a little wobbly, right? You know, when it starts to be not quite so clear, or more or less mindful, or just not so present, just the the beginning of the the fog, or the beginning of the oh, you know, letting, you know, just the releasing of the knowing of experience. So we get familiar with that place. And there's two basic, two basic strategies you might use there. One might be something like, oh, okay, mindfulness is kind of getting a little dull. Let's like remind ourselves again, you know, that, that, that kind of more or less mindful place can happen in a time after the mindfulness has been a little bit more continuous. And we're riding a wave of mindfulness. And that wave of mindfulness, that arising of mindfulness, it's it's strong for a little while. And because we're riding that wave, and we're not reminding ourselves as frequently, it begins to get weaker. And so one strategy there is just, oh, yeah, it's getting weaker. Aware. You're just just aware in that moment just reminding in that moment aware just kind of to uh bring that uh connection with the uh gentle that third yogi job the gentle persistence of reminding ourselves to be aware so that's one strategy another strategy that's um a little different and and i this is this one i found really fun it's like when I see the mind start to lose touch or that more or less mindful place, sometimes it's like you can recognize, or there's the the mind is aware of something, and it's like the attention is starting to go to something else. You know, it's like Maybe so this is what we talked about this morning, you know that the atten- that some of that more or less mindful place is like we we are paying attention to something there's the attention factor of connecting to some experience, and then the attention kind of starts to go to something else, but we may have an agenda about where we want that attention to be. It's like, okay, you know, come back to pay attention to that, but another exploration might be just. Oh, the attention's going someplace else. Let's see where it wants to go. That um, that exploration, uh, that one practice, or that one tool, or that one question for me, has been one of the most um, powerful ways for the mindfulness to learn how to be with unfamiliar experience, new experience, terrain in which I've not been previously familiar with being mindful. So one example of this, this was one time I was doing breath meditation, but um, so it's not, I wasn't doing this in in this style of practice, but you know, the example points to what i'm talking about here so i was paying attention to the breath and began to recognize that kind of l- more or less mindful of the breath and originally an initially in the, that exploration it's like oh i can see the attention leaving kind of letting go of the breath it's like let's come back you know come back to the breath and that's what you do in concentration practice you know like you notice that the attention is pulling away and come back and i was doing that pretty gently You know, it's like, oh, come back, come back. And at some point, the mind got curious because it's like, I could see, it's like, I can see uh, the mind is leaving. The mind is leaving the breath, but it's like, I'm aware that it's leaving the breath. So why don't I just see what it wants to do? You know, rather than controlling it and saying, come back to the breath, let's just see where it wants to go. And it was like the mind opened into a, it was, like, it was like a new vista, a new uh, terrain where I had previous, I've not previously been aware of sta- uh, that particular kind of state of mind before. It was, it was almost like, you know how when you start to fall asleep, you know, this is just an analogy, but when you start to fall asleep, there's a kind of a, a drop and expand feeling, um it was it was like being able to be in that drop and expand and stay there. I just like to be able to um watch the the it's like the, the awareness was the my mi- the the mindfulness was present with the attention It's like what is the attention what is the attention naturally picking up on? There's so many experiences, so many objects, we could say, that we have no idea about. We have no uh, possibility of even imagining their uh, their reality or their um, formation or their... We, we just have no idea. And if we are always choosing where our attention goes, we we will, uh, it like limits what we're p- able to be aware of. At some point we have to let go of the control of where our attention is to allow the, uh, the mind to begin to explore terrain that unknown terrain that we have no idea about we are not going to find our way to nibbana we have no idea what we're looking for we have to allow we have to have that that ability to allow the mind to explore something that we don't know so that that uh, that kind of exploration of Seeing the mind start to let go of mindfulness, watch where it wants to go. Sometimes it it goes into like, like, wow, I have no idea what's going on here, but I'm aware. Okay, you know, it's like you could not possibly even name the object because it's so unfamiliar. But you know that you're aware. And just hang out there just knowing that. We also um, the the awareness can get lost, so you know the the main exploration I'm talking about here, and probably this is as far as I'll get this last example here. Um, you know I have a few more pages of notes, but <laughs> <laughs> probably won't get through them um, I think I'll get through this last four lines. <laughs> Um we can start to uh, you know, we, ca- we can also something that seems un- unfamiliar or unusual um, something that we might not expect, let's say, is that as practice deepens, as mindfulness gets more continuous, as mindfulness gets stronger. Sometimes, in that very deepening of practice, mindfulness will start to get lost in new ways or get lost more. And so we sometimes, you know, practice, it seems like this is, this is one of the kind of terrains that um, happens, especially on a retreat of this length. You know, it's like we, we really start to feel the momentum going at times and then suddenly it's like wow the mind's all over the place you know it's like you felt like the mindfulness was pretty continuous and you were pretty present and then suddenly it's like wow I can barely stay present for like two seconds at a time and um, we often at that point think we've done something wrong or um, our mind has betrayed us, that's a good one, that's one that I've, you know, it's like, our mind has betrayed us, or, um, um, you know, we're failing somehow, you know, that, that that if I were doing it right, my mindfulness wouldn't be getting lost, or, you know, some story along those lines. Um, and often what happens there is we double down in effort. It's like, it was so continuous it's not continuous now so let me make more effort well paradoxically sometimes in that place if you can catch it like if you can if you can catch or begin to recognize that uh wow you know like in the first part of this sitting the mind was really present pretty continuous and suddenly it's like it's all over the place Sometimes what happens with that is that the mind is all over the place. We double down, we beat ourselves up, we're telling ourselves we're doing it wrong. And, you know, basically all of that stuff contributes to more mindfulness getting lost. And we kind of lose, uh, lose the opportunity to see uh, what's happened in that terrain where The mind was settling, and now suddenly it's doing this. Mindfulness is suddenly getting lost all over the place. So what I want to just point to, the bit of wisdom I want to point to here, is if mindfulness is fairly strong, continuous, and suddenly it starts feeling like it's all over the place, get curious about that. Rather than doubling down on the effort, get curious about what's going on there. So another example, this one again has to do with... um, paying attention to the breath, but I think this is, this is applicable in our um, open awareness practice. Um, In one uh, three month course, it had gotten to the place in the three month, I was doing breath meditation, and the mindfulness had gotten pretty continuous. um, And really present, pretty much for I was like a couple, a couple, a couple days where it felt like there was Pretty continuous mindfulness, really stable with the breath. And one morning I sat down and uh, I couldn't even stay present for half a breath. It was like, it's like, it would go off and be like, okay, a breath, it would be off. And um, I got curious, what's going on? rather than doubling down and saying stay stay rather than increasing effort increase uh, increase the curiosity what's happening what's going on here and so uh, it's like you know i started observing it's like yep i'm with this i'm with the beginning of the breath and as i started watching that it's like watch that beginning of that breath it's like wow that breath completely disappears like there's nothing there within like half a second, there was no sensation left. So it was like the the mindfulness had settled down into a place of seeing or meeting experience in a new way. I had previously been very able to follow, you know, the rising, the sensations were very predominant, but the the mindfulness had settled to a place where it was more interested in the whew, the ending of things, and it's like the the sensation. And so the mindful the mindfulness was interested in that, but my mind had the agenda to follow something else. So the the um, as soon what I started to see was as soon as the sensation of the breath disappeared, the mind would get lost. So I began to see that it was it was that. Um, it's kind of like the mind, in the mindfulness, the mind, the continuity of the mindfulness had settled the mind down to like a new terrain of what the mindfulness naturally wanted to pay attention to. So again, this, this question of attention. I had the agenda, I want to pay attention to the sensations of the breath. The mindfulness was very interested in watching how the breath vanished, and the mindfulness won, <laughs> uh, and and so, but but my agenda kept me uh, looking for something that wasn't there anymore, and so it's like the mind would wander because it wasn't there wasn't anything for the the agenda to connect to. So the um, getting curious about that is like, whew, you know, what is the what is the attention naturally? landing on so again in the in this exploration uh you know as the mindfulness settles as the as the um practice deepens i've seen many different levels and layers of this it's like as the continuity gets stronger mindfulness and wisdom get interested in things that we don't particularly know about or even think to care about and so the interest in what the mind is doing there that you know that began to open me to wow you know the mind is is it it, it opened me in that case to seeing the how the, the sensations were just ending so as practice deepens there are times when wh- what i've seen i guess more and more what what i've i've seen is that when as the mindfulness has got, has been has become more continuous and the mind has settled if i start noticing suddenly the mind is wandering rather than interpreting that now you know my 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 kind of default hypothesis about that at this point is not I need to make more effort to be aware, but actually something new is happening and maybe maybe you know, it's it's one of those I, I'm not familiar with what is is going on. So the the I get curious when there's a period of the mind starting to wander a lot after there's been settledness of awareness. I started to get curious, what's going on? What is the mind doing that I'm not seeing? Because more often than not in that situation, it does indicate a settling to a new level of uh, continuity, a new, a new kind of opening to seeing something new. A kind of, it, it almost indicates a deepening of the practice paradoxically. So when the, the mind starts wandering a lot after a period of continuity, check it out. Be curious about it rather than thinking that it's a problem. It might actually be kind of a hallmark or a harbinger that something new's happening, You know, something new to, to notice or to pay attention to. So my hope in this talk really is to spark curiosity more than anything you know curiosity about the experience of mindfulness curiosity about the what the what the arising of mindfulness is like curiosity about mindfulness itself the coming and going of mindfulness how it gets lost not that not not to think of mindfulness as just something you know it's like dragging the oh you know the Burden of mindfulness along is something to do, but something to understand, something to investigate. Curiosity about mindfulness itself. This exploration gives us... It encourages continuity. It gives us a great education into the habits and patterns of our mind. And it also begins to reveal the deeper workings of the mind. It reveals the impermanent nature of experience. It reveals the, the kind of... um the functioning of the mind, how the mind does what it does. It reveals the not-itself nature of the mind. We see that in spades as we investigate mindfulness itself. And so I hope that this, again, not something to do, but just information, hopefully that will enliven you to be curious about mindfulness itself. So, let's just sit for sit for a few minutes.